0: My sophomore year of college, I came back home for three weeks, winter break. But when I came home on winter break, my mom didn't let me out the door without asking me if I needed a sweater. My dad would literally come in and open up the blinds because I slept in too late. If I stayed out past 9 p.m., I'd get a million texts asking where I was, when are you coming home? I was the worst of all. I would stomp out of a room in a huff, my text to my mom were all caps, ultimate yelling teenager. No matter what I did, I reverted to old behaviors and was just stuck. So six months later, I'm back at school, and I get a call from my mom. Your dad's been having heart pain, so we're going to take him to the hospital for an angiogram tomorrow. That's when they pass dye through a person's arteries to figure out if they have blockage and if they need a stent or a surgery. I remember my dad putting on the hospital gown and going off to the operating room. And we were all making fun of him and how silly he looked. And like five minutes later, the doctor comes back out. And she's like, um, all of your dad's arteries are like 99% blocked. If he leaves the hospital now, he could die of a heart attack any second. They schedule him for bypass surgery at 7 a.m. the next morning. My dad recovered fine. But honestly, he came back a little different. He's so much more patient now. He even sleeps in himself. It kind of makes sense. I mean, he came close to death. And I changed too. I still revert to shitty teenage Misha when I go home, And I mean, we still argue sometimes. My dad still nags me and expects me to win the Olympics and the Nobel Peace Prize all at once. But the pattern broke when he had the surgery. We both see each other a little differently now. Like it widened the aperture of how we could see each other. I'm Misha Youssef. This is Tell Them I Am. Wazina Zondin is a sex educator.
1: I am the eldest of four, so there's me, Wazina, and my sisters, Zarina and Sangina, who are about 11 years younger than I am. And it's funny because I realize that even when I talk about my siblings, I say Zarina, Sangina, Wazina, and then there's Adam. (laughs) Um, Adam and I are 18 months apart. He's uh, 18 months younger than I am, and we grew up um, very close to one another, or forced to be close to one another. My mom always said, like, you don't need friends. I birthed you three other siblings. Um, but because Adam and I were still so close in age, but also because of our genders, and you know, within the context of being Afghan and Muslim and first generation in the United States, we couldn't have had more different upbringings. You know, very much entrenched in a double standard. He was sort of treated like a prince and did whatever he wanted while I was, like, the overachiever and overcompensator uh, for any shortcomings that he had. Um, So I was more like the second mom and Adam was a child. Adam is and was left-handed and it was an interesting point of contention between my parents and, or just like, and my grandparents and aunts and uncles who, because using your left hand in Islam, Carry some negative baggage and connotation. That's that's not you shouldn't be eating with it. It's not a clean hand. I just think back at like God that 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 meal probably didn't taste good to him if he was forced if he was being critiqued or given such crappy feedback for something that's so innate. Just to use your left hand, and even his handwriting was always pretty poor. And and I think there was always this like thought that like he's messy and he doesn't write well because he uses his left hand.
0: As little kids, Wazina and Adam would hang out with each other all the time.
1: I think Adam and I were more cuddly, playful. And maybe that's just because we were also just younger where like you there's no reason for you as brother and sister or boy and girl to not be playful and just do everything together. I grew up in Flushing in Queens. It's a super super diverse community. A very residential. It's like as suburban as you can get in a borough. We would go to the park probably, I mean, I would say about a couple of times a week. Uh, The park we were in uh, is called Bound Park, and I think it's still there in Queens and Flushing. Um, My primary memory of it is just a lot of like earth tones and brown, not very lush, but I do remember there being this like brick all around us. And we're playing in what I think must have been like a sandbox or sand pit, and I was playing, and all I remember was this kind of sharp pain, but it also felt really hot on the top of my head. And then all the screeching and screaming of the, my mom and my maybe aunts or whoever were there. Adam had thrown either a loose brick or a rock into the sand pit, and it hit the back of my head. You know, clearly, I don't think my, like, four- or five-year-old brother was, tr- like, trying to take me down, but it created this internalized, like, rift between the two of us that maybe we weren't actually as close. I've, I I, don't know if I really internalized this as something, but I think I somewhere in my brain, maybe it was other folks also being like, your brother hit you in the head. So in my kid brain, you make meaning. And so I think I made meaning of it as, like, I'm, Adam and I are... Mm, maybe there's like this is like a, mo- a pivot moment where like, you're not as close or he doesn't like you. Or more than that, I don't think I'm supposed to like you now. We had this like a little bit of a like a crack
0: in our foundation. The lens with which Wazina sees Adam and he sees her narrows. The two of them don't have the relationship that Wazina has with her sisters. She has her sister's names tattooed on the back of her arms. She tells them everything. They're all super cuddly and loving with each other. But with Adam, there's a barrier. It was a Friday, and I, I want to say it was like
1: springtime, or maybe fall, but it was still like a really nice Friday where it wasn't dark yet, it was after school. <clears throat> all the neighbors were out playing, which, when I reflect back on being a kid, I don't ever remember a moment, really, where... My mom was super involved in socializing while we were playing or, like, talking to the other moms. But somehow all the kids in the block were out on this Friday afternoon after work, after school. And it was a pretty narrow block. Our our street was pretty narrow. So to go across the road, just across the street, it wasn't even a road. It was, like, it probably was, like, ten steps. And I remember Adam probably getting permission to go across the street. But he was just going from one driveway to the next across the road and in my, you know, my young brain, I thought. I mean, the car was like speeding past, and all I knew was that I looked up, and Adam had been hit by the car, and he was like up in the air, and then like hit the ground. Support comes from Visual Communications presenting VC Film Fest celebrating 40 years showcasing Asian and Native Hawaiian Pacific Islander filmmaking, featuring over 200 works ranging from narrative film, documentary films, photo exhibits, and new media.
0: VC Film Fest honors our beloved elder cultural workers, linking them to present and emerging artists to empower communities and challenge perspectives. May 1st through 10th in Little Tokyo and in Long Beach. Info at festival.vcmedia.org.
1: Um, and then again, much like that being in that sandbox, there is the screaming, the yelling for by the women in my family are great at emoting and screaming and crying. So she was just, you know, at a, just like yelling and crying. And also the neighbors and like the kids were responding to what had happened. So everyone was like screaming. And I just kind of stood there and realized my brother had been hit by a car um, and very. Quickly, I think the ambulance came, and my mom went off with Adam in the ambulance, and I was taken across the street to Debbie's house to wait for my uncle to pick me up. Debbie was our uh, my neighbor that lived across the street from us. Um, that night, my uncle, Abdullah, came over, came to pick me up, and he had a red sports car. I remember, you know, it had tapes all over it, and I remember being driven to the hospital, and we listened to um, Duran Duran, um, No Ordinary World, like, on repeat. Um I just I still remember that song and that car avenue, but I heard you when Adam got hit i I had the I had a moment where I think I was, yeah, afraid that like I had lost him and a, a sense of mourning, which I don't know if I really felt like I was mourning then, but I can maybe go think back now and a sadness for what who he was supposed to be for me and maybe all the things that he was actually for me that I never never gave a lot of credit or mind to. I never like really acknowledged how essential Adam is because I've never known uh, my conscious life or being without my brother.
0: Adam broke his collarbone, so his whole left arm is in a sling so it can heal. Which meant he couldn't use his left hand, his dominant hand.
1: But after that, I felt like a more of a responsibility to him and for him afterwards. Um, especially when he broke the collarbone. He broke. He uh, he couldn't do his homework, and so I had to take on helping him with his homework. And and so I would write his homework for him. But and I think back on this now. But I would write his homework for him in my left hand because it would match his bad handwriting. I think in some ways I wanted him to know that I I was okay with it,
0: that if you can't use your left hand, I'll use my left hand for you. Years pass. They both graduate. Adam goes to jail. And Wazina goes to college. More time passes. Wazina starts her career as a sex educator. Adam gets engaged, and the whole family is planning a wedding. Adam and Wazina rarely talk. So, it's getting closer to the wedding. Wazina's in line at a Target one day with her partner at the time. And her phone rings. It's Adam. All the things that I was, had done up
1: until that point um, have always done with like, bated breath or just like, kind of like, always waiting for the other shoe to drop, um, to be found out, essentially.
0: The other shoe was that she's gay. Adam gets on the phone and tells Wazina that he got a phone call from my uncle, the same uncle in
1: the red sports car, saying something to him along the lines of, like, just so you know, like, there's a lot of stuff about Wazina on the internet. She could really compromise your wedding. She could really compromise how the other family, you know, um, accepts your family because there's some, like, really, like, loaded stuff or, like, I didn't think it said loaded, but, like, there's some, like, just bad stuff about her that's, like, Controversial and just, like, it's going to ruin your reputation. Um, and the stuff that's out there on the Internet is whatever is out there about Wazina Zandan being queer and Muslim and I think I'm just, like, saying that, yes, I am both queer and Muslim. And when Adam told me this, I I started panicking um, because if, if this uncle knows and every uncle knows and this is a really big deal. This is like my worst nightmare coming to fruition because now the families are talking. And then my brother said, you know, I looked up what our uncle said and he's like, that's, you have, you do great things. Like you have fans out there. (laughs) Um, He's like, you know, I, I, I I think he's making a big deal out of it. But, and, and just so you know, like I support you. Adam did say something along the lines of like, I wish If you could, like, maybe you shouldn't just openly say you're gay and Muslim. um, To which I think I said something like, Adam, I'm only saying it's okay for me to be gay and Muslim because everyone else says that I can't be gay and Muslim, and I am. So I'm just saying that I am. And he's like, oh, okay, I get
0: you. All these years, Wazina sees Adam one way. Adam sees Wazina one way. But when their uncle sees Wazina in that one way, when he pigeonholes her, Adam's instinct isn't to agree it's to defend her. For Adam to defend me,
1: um, and to just also, more than that, Adam like affirmed me. Like it was the first time I think I got a family member, um, you know, other than my sisters, being really loving and affirming. Um, And it really meant everything because then I felt like other shoe dropped in this moment where Even if every family member, even if my parents have been looking me up, and I don't think they have been, but even if they had been, no one had actively or outwardly said it or named it, and it happened. And that was like my biggest nightmare. And it did happen, and Adam, like, received it with as much grace as he could, um, which was to say, like, like, I support her, and I think he kind of, like, I think in that moment also deflated this thing that could have been this really big deal and just kind of, like, stopped it right then and there.
0: You can learn more about Wazina on comingoutmuslim.com. Thanks for listening to Tell Them I Am. I'm Misha Youssef. This episode of Tell Them I Am was sound designed by me and written by me with help from James Kim and Arwen Nix. Mary Knopf is my producer, and don't tell James Kim, but she's way more sassy than him. Arwen Nix is the podcast boss here at KPCC, and she is also our ridiculously stylish editor. Valentina Rivera and Sean Corey Campbell are our engineers. Our tile art is by the talented Stephanie Kraft. Our beautiful music is by David Linard. You can find incredible illustrations of all of our guests as the episodes release. Thanks to em and Ahmed for those. You should really see them. Just go to kpcc.org slash tell them or follow me on Instagram or Twitter at Misha Youssef. We'll be back tomorrow with another story.